Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, we're here at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Why are we here? If you're just joining us, it's uh, back to the 50s weekend, the 45th annual. Uh, the Minnesota Street Route Association has again done a fantastic job. Beautiful vehicles here, almost 12,000 of them. And I know friends of mine are going to be coming out here who are really into the whole uh, car scene from the 50s. And they're going to have a great time. In the meantime, we have our Smart Garden Show to, to bring here on CCO. And as our friend Julie Weisenhorn is in Good studio. Morning. How you doing tonight? Hi, Julie. I'm doing great today. Haven't <laughs> talked to you for a while. I know. It's been a, been a busy summer already. It has. Well, we're glad you're with us uh, today and helping our listeners out as usual. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, we we already got text messages. Uh, let me open up the phone lines. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for uh, for Julie, now is your chance. You know how busy we get. 651-989-9226. You can call right now. We've cleared those lines. 651-989-9226. Uh, or send a text. We have uh, some of those already, too, Julie. Uh, at wow, 81807. Now, I know you've been on the road. You guys have been busy. Yeah. Uh, what what has happened to your garden gardens at home? <laughs> uh, do you have people taking care of them or what? Oh, no, no. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> taking care of them? That would be me. <laughs> that would be uh, you, I have a lot of weeding to do. And I think that's... Oh, welcome uh, to the club. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, the case with everybody I've talked to. It's it, You know, it's kind of like we had that snow back in april yes and then explosion of all plants including weeds and we've been on campus we've been pulling weeds like crazy our our interns who are working our display garden are are, that's all they do is pull weeds these days and uh i looked at my backyard is just i've got to get out there today for sure (laughs) so yeah in fact you're right about that come to think of it i was doing some weeding where i had planted some uh, some shrubs, and I thought, wait a minute, I just did this, yeah, and they popped right up again. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's help our listeners all out right. here, uh, Julie. Let's do it. Uh, Kathy in Litchfield is our first caller this morning. Uh, Kathy, go ahead. You're on with Julie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Um, I have a problem with the six ton of little whirly birdie seeds that the trees oh, dropped yeah, this year. Yeah. I can't rake them all. You take my yard. And you could put three city lots in it. That's how big it is. Okay. Can I just mow them up small and th- water it a lot and throw some seed and some fertilizer? And please tell me I don't have to pluck them all out. I can't. No, you can actually, if, if those seedlings have sprouted, mm-hmm. you can just mow them down. And they're not going to re-sprout. 
Oh. So as long as they only have a couple of leaves or they're very small, they're not, and you cut them off, they're not going to re-sprout. Okay, that makes yeah, me feel a lot better. Yeah, you can just mow better. them over. Okay. Goodbye, <laughs> Denny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was that was a good one to start with. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I should say. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. I think. Uh, 651-989-9226. I want to mention, too, that our friends at By the Yard down in Jordan, Minnesota, that make the best patio furniture in the whole world, sponsor this show every week. So our thanks to By the Yard. Julie, I also wanted to mention that uh, we have uh, some CCO Radio T-shirts here at Back to the 50s. We have those license plate uh, T-shirts. Uh, CC, which kind of fit the fit the day here, but also some folks have stopped by, and I want to make mention of this. This is important that the Back to the Fifties Blood Drive is going on out here, Minnesota State Fairgrounds. Uh, the American Red Cross wants to uh, wanted me to mention that they still have uh, some room for you, so give blood, help save lives here at the Minnesota State Fair. Good thing. Thanks for uh, for stopping by. All right. Let's see. Let's get some uh, text messages, and then we'll go back to the phones. Sounds good. A texter says, I bought three. It says there, but I think they mean three. Bougainvillea plants. I brought them home, put in the sun. They wilted, put them in the shade, and all the blooms fell off, uh, not in the sun or deck, but do not have any blooms. How can I get them to bloom again? What do you think? Well, bougainvillea, we've had questions about bougainvillea. And bougainvillea is a tropical plant. It's grown uh, down south. It's grown down in Central and Southern and South America. It's a gorgeous landscape plant. My friend Jan, who lives in Mexico, has numerous bougainvillea on her fence, and they grow just crazy. They're very strong vines. But when they're in a container like that, they need a lot of fertilizer. They're in a very small amount of soil and you've got to feed those plants. Now, the problem when you brought it and put it in your sun, in the sun, it was probably hotter sun than that plant was used to. That plant probably came out of a greenhouse and had filtered light. And then when you put it in the shade, all the blossoms dropped off. I think it was just a stress reaction. So I would get a, a good, basic, maybe even a tropical plant type um, uh, fertilizer, something that maybe has a higher phosphorus number, that's the middle number on the analysis, and I would start treating that plant um, according to the label instructions, of course, but I would start feeding that plant because it's really going to need a lot of nutrients to pop those blossoms back up. But I, I imagine in a couple of weeks you'll see some new flowers. Oh, good. That's good. I hope so. All right, let's go back to the phones, if we could, uh, Julie. Jane is calling from Lakeville with a question. Jane, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi, thanks. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Um, I was wondering about geraniums. Sure. I, we have a little um, bug, a little bug on them, and I went to Bachman's, and they told me to get this um, uh, material or this spray that from the 8 was the brand name, and so I did that and sprayed it, the leaves and the plants and, you know, everything, but it doesn't seem to be helping. Well, it ha it's helped a little, but not a lot. Is there something else I should be using or something else I should be doing? So what is the, what is the insect doing to the plant? Um, the leaves, it's putting little yellow dots on the leaves, oh, okay, and, so. then, and then they're falling off. Okay, so it's probably a spider mite. It's some kind of a sucking insect, and it sounds like spider mite damage. Spider mites... Uh, will actually suck the juices out of the leaves, and that's what that little that little yellow dot that you're seeing is the damage that their uh, mouth part uh, does to the to the leaf. 
And so okay. I think um, a couple things you could do. One is you may have to treat this more than once. And uh, the plant, spider mites like hot, dry conditions. So it, maybe uh, be sure that you're watering that plant. You can spray it with some water also to kind uh-huh. of give it a, a more of a wet condition. Uh, you don't want it to be over wet in the roots, but you want to uh, just kind of make it less favorable for those spider mites. But you, you'll probably have to treat it a couple times because those spider mites are pretty persistent. And, Is there uh, any, other, any other product I should use? Uh, I think that I would probably stay with the same product. Um, be sure that you're treating it, you know, away from other plants. Um, keep that plant in particular isolated from other plants as well so that you minimize the spread of the of the spider mites as well. But I would keep trying it. Uh, a couple more applications. It often takes a, a few, you know, you have to be persistent with those spider mites. They're, they're tricky little devils, so. All right, very good. Let's see. You know what? Let, let's do a, a text before we take a quick break here, then we'll go back to the phone. All right. Texter good. says, Julie, I lost several mature juniper bushes this winter. Branches have all turned brown. Also, the same happened to my five-year-old arborvita. Wondering what happened. It was a tough year for evergreens. I've seen more brown evergreens than I think in recent years. And I think some of it has, it has to do with the way the plants are handled at the beginning of the fall as we go into winter and you have to keep them well watered uh, and uh, so that those plants can hold on to those leaves. We also had some very strange, you know, really back and forth kind of weather here and they probably, uh, uh, you know, right before April, before that big storm, we had some warmer weather and those plants might have started growing uh, at that point, and then we had that big snowstorm, and, and that might have killed that new growth. So that might be why we're seeing more brown on our evergreens than, than normal at this time of year. All you can, the best thing to do is to take your hand, you know, put on a glove because they're junipers, and just run your hand along the branch that's brown. And if the needles drop off uh, and you don't see any new growth, then you'll want to prune that, that part off or replace the plant. It might be that the whole plant is toast and you have to you know, maybe hmm. uh, maybe replace it with something else. But if you uh, if the needles don't fall off and the branch is still pliable and you see a little bit of green growth, you could snip a little off and check that off. But but then you want to go ahead and and let the plant you know just feed it, water it, and see if it'll re-sprout some buds on those those brown branches. All right. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. Uh, 651-989-9226. We'll get back to the phones when we come back from the break. If it's easier uh, to send Julia a text, do that, 81807. Our Twin City temperature reading has moved to 70, a beautiful day for the back to the 50s here at the Minnesota State Fair. We'll be right back. Yeah, I see you dancing in the studio, Julie. Yeah. How did you know? <laughs> back to the 50s, indeed. Ooh, we are yeah. Uh, Broadcasting uh, live from the Minnesota State Fair, the, the uh, CCO broadcast uh, booth. By, by the way, we do have some T-shirts that kind of go along with the program, Back to the 50s, with those license plate uh, T-shirts. Uh, Back to the 50s weekend, the Minnesota Street Route Association has this fantastic day going here, and that's why we are here, and a lot of folks are as well. Beautiful machines out here as well. But we're talking lawns and gardens in the meantime. Here on CCOs, we always do in the uh, eight o'clock hour. Which they also we have callers. <laughs> That's true. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. Here's a text, and then we'll get back to the phones. 
Uh, can autumn joycetum be trimmed to achieve a more compact plant? If so, when? Ooh, well, that's a, that's a great idea, actually. Um, autumn joy gets quite tall. Um, I, hmm, I think, uh, I've, I, I guess I've never uh, thought about that. But, yeah, somebody, you could try that. I'm afraid that you might wind up pruning off the flower buds for this year, but you could try it. And I would look for uh, any kind of branching area. So if the single stem has several branches on it, I would cut it down to a, a particular branch. If there, if it's just a single branch, um, look for any kind of a bud along the uh, area that might be developing into a flower head, and uh, maybe prune it back to that. That's a that's a great that'd be a great experiment. I'll, I, yeah. Two thumbs up for trying it out. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right, let's go uh, back to the phones. Let's see who's next. Dolly is calling from Shakopee, I believe, with a question or an observation or something. Dolly, go ahead. Julie's listening. This is just a fun story about fireflies. We have a cabin in northern Minnesota nice. we, with screen porch watching the fireflies down by the lake. And my husband was a smoker. And they worked, several of them worked their way up to the porch seeing him when he would take a drag on his <laughs> cigarette. And then it became a game. He would take a great big puff on the cigarette and those little fireflies outside the porch screen dance and danced and danced oh my god and then he would take another big drink and they were just beside themselves and of course then we would just we're having a wonderful game about it he'd take a drag they would dance he would pretty soon wow. they wore out and he wore out but we've had a wonderful <laughs> wonderful time with this story all these years that's awesome oh my goodness over a video phone <laughs> it was so much of- fun and i've never ever seen them do of course he's he's not alive now but i've never seen them do anything like that never come up that far to the cabin that's awesome but he he needed that beautiful tip of that cigarette because it just got so big you know (laughs) they just were loving it (laughs) they were thinking there's our leader yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) oh great one oh we're here to serve you (laughs) yes all right let's see who's next great story denny uh janet Denny, yes. Before we go on, I I have to I have to wish Carl a happy birthday tomorrow. My husband. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah, Carl is tomorrow. your husband, Carl. Yeah, he's gonna. I'm not gonna say how old he's gonna be, but no, his no, no, birthday do is tomorrow. So happy birthday, honey. <laughs> and thirty is kind of traumatic. I know. I so know. It's just I know. As well, that you we'll don't get him through it. that, All though. Right. You know. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> happy birthday, Carl. Tomorrow. I'm glad you brought it up. All right. Let's see who is next. Uh, is Jennifer on a cell phone? With a question. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Hi. So we have two raised garden beds. Sure. With black dirt, and we planted, like, root vegetables in there. Okay. And we get the plants, but no root vegetables. Oh, okay, sure. So you're so... I was wondering what's yeah. going on. So your soil is probably very uh, organic. It probably has a lot of manure and compost in it, a lot of green material. And that's producing a lot of nitrogen for your plants, which is great. But when you're trying to grow roots, you need to also balance that with phosphorus and potassium. So essentially, you're putting out a lot of leaves and not a lot of root and not a lot of fruit. So uh, what you'll want to do is uh, uh, put in some fertilizer that has a high uh, phosphorus and potassium uh, number on that and not so much nitrogen. You may... I, I would go to your garden center and explain the issue, and they'll be able to guide you right to what you need. All right, very you good. You want less leaves. 
651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send Julie a text, 81807. Tell you what let's do. Let's do our usual bottom-of-the-hour break. Invite our listeners to join in. We have another half hour of show to go here in our Smart Garden Show. Street rods, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, going by us here at the Minnesota State Fair. We'll have a look at that forecast coming right up. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Well, that sure is great music to bring in back to the 50s. <laughs> it sounds like the abider. Hey, show enough. And there's Julie. Show enough. Julie's singing there. All right. That's great. Great stuff. i uh, tell you what. we. No, that's kind of fun. Thanks for I hadn't heard that, that for a we're pl- while. We're actually yeah. playing tonight out at Billy's in Rockford. So, uh, What time is that? We're starting at 8, 8 p.m. It's going to be a hootenanny. We've got a bunch of friends right. in town, and it'll be fun. So come on out. You guys have a lot of fun doing that. I know you do it. It sounds great. People love it. Well, uh, Julie, um, you know, we well last couple of weeks, in fact, and uh, today's no exception. People are wondering about the Japanese beetle oh, issue. Yes. What's what's going on with that? I have bad news for people that they have Uh-oh. been sighted in the metro area. Um, I picked my first one off yesterday off a of rose in uh, the West Metro. And uh, people are reporting in from uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis that they've been spotted. So get your bucket of soapy water out and check those plants. Um, keep on top of them. That's the best way to do it is to reduce the feeding. And, and I've, I've told listeners this before, but I keep a, a plastic gallon milk jug or a bucket outside. And in the morning, I take my coffee and I go out and pick beetles. And when I come home from work, I take my beer and I go out and pick beetles. So... So it's a, <laughs> it becomes a routine for eight weeks. So uh, that's what a really, career. yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's one of the uh, probably the, the the best way that homeowners can really manage them on a small scale. If it, if it gets to be a problem with a tree, you know, they're most yeah. of the issue is cosmetic. But um, but if but then you want to call one of those certified arborists that we have. They're just you know we have a lot of great arborists in the Twin Cities. Oh, we do, and they can help you out with uh, treating if you're fearful for a tree, and particularly a young tree. Now you don't need an arborist for that necessarily, but if you've planted a tree in the past year or two, you know you may want to uh, really pay attention to that because that would surely damage the tree to be defoliated if it's that that young a tree. The more mature yeah. trees can tolerate some of the damage. All right. Sorry. I know this is this is not your Carl, but Carl in Turtle Lake. I don't think it's your Carl. <laughs> I, I is, don't know uh, how you Turtle in, Lake. <laughs> uh, Carl, go ahead. You're on CCO with Julie. Oh, you got a big Hi, Carl. Out there for the fair? <laughs> it's just massive. I bet. I can I can hear. You. Kind of barely hear you. Um, I got a uh, nine-year-old <clears throat> weeping willow that's got about fifty uh, percent leaf. It's uh, shedding its leaves. Okay. It's on the water's edge. It's on the water's edge at our cabin, and, but I don't see any bugs. Okay. So I don't know if it's, I can't, I don't know if it's diseased or if it's stressed, but it's probably uh, 50% leaf. Okay. So has anything and happened to the root system? Like, have you done no, any construction? No. Has there been higher water no, than normal? No, it's right next to the roots are in the water because it's next to the uh, right. It's on the beach area, but the uh, it's nine years old. No, nothing's happened to it. 
Okay. Instead of uh, shedding its leaves, then it's about 50%. Okay. So the a couple of thoughts. If, if there hasn't been any kind of construction, any kind of activity, if the water level hasn't risen significantly over the roots, uh, so in other words, nothing in the physical environment has changed, then you'd want to probably send a photo of the leaf. Uh, you can send it to uh, um, Ask an Expert, which is on our uh, extension website. And uh, master gardeners can see if they can try to analyze that. It, it could be a leaf spot disease that's just causing defoliation. Uh, if there's no insect damage, then it's probably some kind of a bacterial leaf spot or something. I'm not familiar with issues that willows have in particular. Uh, if they can't answer it, there's also our plant disease clinic at, at uh, uh, the University of Minnesota that can also do an analysis. That's, an ex that's a little more expensive. That There's a fee for that. So uh, I would try, first of all, getting a, f a good, clear photo of the, the whole tree, maybe a branch that shows some of the defoliation, and then some of the leaves. Make sure they're really good photos, and I would go to uh, extension.umn.edu, click on the Garden tab, scroll down to uh, uh, Ask Extension, and uh, go ahead and email those in to us, and we'll see if we can help you out. I'm glad you mentioned that website, Julie. That is such a great resource. Even if you don't have any particular question, just want right. to browse, it really is a fun place to uh, to check out. Uh, we'll mention that before Julie Tons takes a leave today, too. Yeah. Tons. Let's go back to the phones. I think Lauren in Waconia has uh, been waiting there to ask you a question. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, i got a strawberry question. Okay. Uh, my strawberries, I cut them back each summer after 4th of July. All right. They run out about three foot wide. I cover them in the fall. I have a real nice stand. And in the spring when I uncover them, I end up with about 5% of my plants coming up. The rest seem to be dead or froze out. This has been happening the last three years, and I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure I would cut them back in July because uh, essentially you're cutting. Now, if I understand correctly, you're cutting off the leaves of the plant, like you're mowing them off, right? Well, what I do, I take, I, I take the mower and go through and leave okay. about an 8-inch strip. Okay. And then I till up to that, and then I hoe them and leave a plant every 12 inches to run out. Okay. The runners run out 3 foot wide, and they, they look real fine, but in the spring, most of them are dead. Okay. Um, it, it could be that you have a disease that is being perpetuated in your bed and that uh, you would need to get that analyzed or at least, you know, have bring in a sample to, you know, a local garden center, see if they can analyze it, send it to ask extension, photo, or you can send a sample into the plant disease clinic. It, if you're cutting the, if you're cutting off the, the plants themselves that you're then leaving, uh, it could be that they're also, you're cutting off too much of the foliage and the plant is not able to replenish its root system very well. That that that's one thought, but if you're if you're losing the completely losing the plants, it could be that you have something a, a disease or something that's perpetuated from year to year in that in that bed. Hard to say on the radio, but um, yeah, it is. You, you can send again. You can yourself. send photos into Ask Extension. You can also go to your local extension office, uh, wherever that might be in your county, if possible or contact one of the local master gardeners. They might be able to come out and take a look, or you could send some photos in. There's lots of options for that. Um, but it sounds to me like there's something that's basically killing off your plants every year, 
and it, it's probably some kind of a disease. Hmm. Maybe maybe time I, to completely renovate, which is dig it all up go. and start, you know, start with a disease-resistant variety or move that path. Tell you what, we, we're going to get back to more text messages, but uh, let's uh, take another phone call before we do. Ed is calling from Bloomington with a question for uh, Julie. Go ahead, Ed. You're on CCO. Good morning. Morning. I have, two questions, I have two questions, one about tomatoes and one about squirrels. Uh, I have a tomato plant in a large pot on my deck with potting soil. Okay. Uh, it's about two foot tall. The bottom four or two uh, tiers of leaves are large and normal looking, and then the, the top four or five tiers of leaves are real thin, and the ends of them look like they've been tied in knots. The huh. leaves are deformed and they look like they're tied in knots and the, the thing about squirrels they eat the plastic edging of my garden beds they okay. eat the arms off of those plastic chairs that you are wow. exercising and they eat the aluminum ties on the chain link fence around the yard what's going on with that <laughs> well, mm. well uh, let's go to the tomato question first it sounds to me like you have some something feeding on your tomatoes, and uh, and it's some kind of a sucking insect, or it could be um, uh, that. Well, that's my guess is that there's an insect on there. So, if you can try to look closely at those leaves, particularly the underside, and see if you can identify any uh, insect, that would be great. Or at least capture one and uh, and contact us over at, at Extension. Um, as far as the uh, the squirrels go, I, it sounds to me like they have some kind of a nutrient deficiency, and they're eating everything Boy, they can. I, I mean, that's that's just I've never. I'm sorry, but I've never heard of so much damage from squirrels, and um, I, I don't know if there's a repellent that you might be able, like a hot pepper spray, that might be really unpleasant on your arms of your chairs. But uh, I, and as far as eating the aluminum ties, that's Wow. <laughs> I, I don't really, I'm sorry, I don't really have an answer for the squirrels one, except for some kind of an animal repellent. There are, yes. And yeah. we, we've talked about those too. Bonide makes a product Usually for that they're too, on so. plants, though, and this is going to yeah. be on your furniture. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why they'd be chewing on the plastic as much, but um, squirrels are tough because they're very agile and they can get into all sorts of places so um, they really can they do a lot of yeah. damage uh, in fact uh, my son's uh, vehicle a couple of years ago uh, a what? squirrel during the fall had built a nest and <laughs> ate up half the air conditioning wiring and stuff so oh yeah I mean critters wow. like that can do a, a lot of damage uh, but good luck with that or Tony uh, here's <laughs> yes, yeah, we had to get that taken care of. I tell you what, Julie, we need to uh, take a break. We have more show to come. I want to mention that our friends at By the Yard, uh, who make the best patio furniture in the whole world, sponsor this show every week, and we thank them for that. In the Twin Cities, the temperature reading is 70. We will be right back. Oh, yeah. It's back to the 50s, the weekend here at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, the 45th annual Minnesota Street Rod Association, almost 12,000 of these beautifully restored vehicles here. Uh, that and, and a great day to see them, too, 
Wow. I'll tell you what, these people, this is talk about a labor of love in some cases. Wow. <laughs> anyway, we're talking lawns and gardens as we do every uh, week here on CCU on the 8 o'clock hour. We call it our Smart Garden Show. Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M Extension with us. Oh, go first. Studio. <laughs> Go Gophers, yes. <laughs> Julie, why don't you give us that uh, website again for the folks that may have missed it earlier? I would be happy to. It's extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, and I would highly recommend folks read our Yard and Garden news. You can subscribe to it, and there is a ton of great information on it. If you are considering uh, thinking you might have squash borers, for example, there's a great article about how to monitor for the adults right now. And the gentleman who asked about the tomato, I was kind of hoping he was saying that he was getting yellowing leaves on the base of his tomato because Michelle Grabowski, our plant pathologist, has written a fantastic article on if you are starting to see some discoloration in your leaves at the base of your plant, uh, here's what you do. So take a look at that Yard and Garden News. It's a really good, uh, very timely publication, lots of different articles about what's going on right now in the landscape. All right, very good. Uh, let's go to the phones before we run out of time. We'll grab some text messages as well. Uh, Pat is calling from Arden Hills with a question. Pat, you're on. Thanks for waiting. You're on with Julie. Hi. Uh, I have curly willows, and the one uh, came out. It's uh, beautiful, uh, leaved out, and now the whole top is dead. Oh. The bottom, uh, the bottom part, about half of it, still has leaves, green leaves. But um, I'm thinking I got stressed out I don't know maybe the heat and then the cold but I have a couple other ones in the garden that are beautiful but anyhow my main thing is do you suppose I can cut the top off or not or just leave it yeah so is it is it like the top third or top about I'll just say top half oh, top half okay and then it's leafy below that yes okay right. uh, I would I would say that you you could cut I would probably cut it off if it was my tree and I would cut it down into the live tissue, you know, where it's not okay. dead. Cut it down okay. probably, you know, quarter inch, half inch or so into that tissue. Uh, it okay. could even go an inch, depending on how much you have to work with. Uh, the leaves all are just, I'm I'm now just kind of picking the leaves off the top. Okay. Because it's, I'm on the deck and it's uh, yeah, 20, 15 feet high maybe. It's okay. It's beautiful. But I can see the one next to it died completely oh wow okay hmm i wonder if it's not a good spot for willows too Mm. i mean as far as that one that's died maybe you want to put in a different plant uh at that point curly willow is pretty cool but um yeah maybe think about a different plant for that side Uh, there's other kinds of willows too that might you know reflect the same type of leaf shape or similar and and yet be a little bit different and maybe more tolerant for the location. They really need a, a damp location um, and, uh, you know, they're more of a kind of a swampy type of uh, plant. So I think you could cut those off, though, and just cut them down into that live tissue. Give it okay. a haircut. Here's a text. Uh, my Japanese lilac tree leaves are curling under. Any idea why? Uh, that would be a good one for ask an expert because we really need to see what you mean by curling under. And, um, but it sounds to me like there, um, there could be, it could be a response to the heat that we've had. We had quite a bit of heat or it could be a response to an insect, uh, that's feeding. Um, so I would send it to ask an expert. And again, that's on our extension site. 
and you can uh, or you can just go to extension.umn.edu/ask-extension and go ahead and okay. send in some photos and we'll get the master gardeners working on it. I think we have time for one more phone call and maybe a couple of text messages before Sounds Julie good. and our show is over. Ken is calling from Spring Lake Park. Ken, you are on with Julie. Yeah, hi. Uh, I have morning glories growing on my north side of my fence. Okay. Along my driveway. Yep. But now they're spreading up the garage, the drain pipes, the sidewalk railings all around the house. Should I be worried about that? Well, I wouldn't worry about it from a, a, a structural standpoint. They're not going to get into crevices and cracks and, you know, break through your siding. But I would probably rip some of them down. I mean, that's kind of a, a lot of morning glories, unless you like them. But um, I would take, I would probably, you know, trim them back. You can just pull down the vine and then cut it back, you know, and leave some of the some of the vine uh, showing and stuff, but um, yeah, it gets that gets to be a little much. But that's kind of more your preference. I don't think I'd worry about that um, from a structural standpoint. The one thing about morning glories, which you probably know, is that if they're if they, after they bloom, if they're left to seed, they will reseed very much for the next year. So uh, you'll see a ton of seed and a bunch of seedlings next spring. So if you don't like that, that'd be another reason to prune back that vine so it's not quite doesn't flower quite as much. And then stay on top of those seed heads if you can pick them off or something as it blooms. Some texter is looking ahead, Julie, on baking, like apple pies. Sure. What's the best apple tree to plant in the Twin Cities for baking? Oh, my goodness. Well, we have an excellent publication on the apple varieties from the University of Minnesota on our extension site under the fruit section of garden. And and I think I'm partial to the harder apples like the Harrelson or the Harrell Red. Uh, they make a great baking apple, but so do some of the other sweeter apples, too. Kind of depends on what you are looking for and what your taste is. If you like a really tart apple, the, the Harold Red is great. That's a great apple. Uh, but there are others, too. So take a look at that publication. It's got excellent description of different apple varieties and what they're good for. Another quick text uh, before we go. The herbs that I planted in my veggie garden are either not coming up or are very sparse. Is there a best way to cultivate herbs? Well, I think uh, one of the reasons that they're so sparse is we've had so much rain, and there oh, may yes. be it may just be really wet. Herbs are herbs are pretty low, you know, low maintenance plants. They like dry. Uh, pretty tough conditions, most of them. And so it may be that it's just been so wet that they can't, you know, they can't get a good uh, root system going. Um, uh, cultivating herbs, you can always keep reseeding. If you like basil, throw some basil seed down around those little plants that you're having trouble with and see if you can sprout your own. Uh, I guarantee it'll probably work. Um, and, uh, and also con- containers are great for herbs, too, because they're well-drained. You can put in a potting soil that's well-drained, and they uh, make great container plants as well. All right. How about a quick uh, website before we take off? Sure. Uh, If you didn't get your question answered and you want to reach out to us, you can always go to the Master Gardeners, uh, and you can also contact us on our extension site and and look at our publications at extension.umn.edu. Click on the Garden tab, go to Yard and Garden, uh, and you can also go to Ask Extension, and we can help you out. Good deal. Julie, thanks so much. I hope to see you in person one of these days. (laughs) Sounds good, Denny. Thanks. 
And when quickly, when are the abiders playing? And We're where? playing tonight at Billy's in Rockford on Highway 55. Start at 8 Don't p.m. Don't miss it. It's <laughs> 70 degrees in the Twin Cities on this Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.